Broadcasting live from base camp on the plain of Zendikar, this is Tap Tap Concede. Welcome everybody to Tap Tap Concede. I'm Graham. With me here is Nelson. Hi there. And Cameron. Hello. And we're going to be talking about all the Zendikards, our initial impressions of Zendikar and playing it at the pre-pre-release. And we're going to start by cracking a booster. But before that, a reminder that the show is brought to you by Card Kingdom. Do check out cardkingdom.com slash LRR for all of your card needs. And you can tell them, loading ready run sent me, button please, and they will give you a little one inch button. The button right now is still putting the woo in Wooberg. Woo! And of course, this show and everything we do is brought to you by you and your kind support of our Patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run. You! You! Woo indeed. So let's start by cracking a pack. Now I have two of three kinds of booster pack in front of me hmm. <laughs> which one of these did we want to open which is the appropriate tapas to begin our booster pack meal yeah hmm. i guess if we're going to be talking about playing limited in the ppr probably just a draft booster yeah i'm down for a regular booster yeah that sounds reasonable all right or i mean i don't know wait maybe we do, maybe we open both of them i was actually just down at yellow jacket at our local game store i got these from yellow jacket because jeremy petter and i went down there to get maximum value because if you go in and get a pre-release kit you get an extra draft booster and an extra set booster because watsi really wants people to come into the lgs's and support them and if you bring a friend between you you get a further extra draft booster whoa which we flipped for and i won so yeah and uh, yeah so we were talking about the various kinds of booster packs and how you know I mean, Ed's managing, but he's just like, why is this? He has to keep catching himself when he's like, well, you just grab a booster. I mean, you grab a draft boost. Okay, so there's draft <laughs> boosters and set boosters. You know. The collector yeah. boosters aren't available yet for Zendikar Rising because, of course, the set isn't technically out. But it, like, it's it's so funny because it doesn't mean anything anymore, right? Because you can pick up a booster box now, which used to be the difference between whether the set was out. And now it's just like, it's just like the set's out for three days and then it's not for four days and then it is again. Yeah, there was someone sitting at one of the tables just cracking an entire booster box. It felt like old times, hmm. <laughs> except that everyone was wearing masks. So in this booster pack, which is backwards oriented, that's interesting. Okay, well, I'll start with the commons anyway. We have McKindy Ox. So four and a white for a 4-4 ox with landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under your control, tap target creature and opponent controls. If it matters, I got the showcase frame on this one and it looks real cool. I mean, this this should be good, right? It is. It's I've only played against it on Magic Arena so far and it's been super irritating every time. Yeah, this seems just as good to me. Like my initial impression is it's as good as that stag that just taps something when it attacks, a 3-3 three, three for 4. Yes, yeah, because it's like usually this ability is stapled to a creature attacking. But in this case, it lets you do it without putting the ox itself into combat. It doesn't mean you can do it every turn, only turns you hit land, but that's many different turns in limited. And yeah, I think McKinney Ox is pretty great. Also, it's a 4-4. Four, four. That's right. And yeah, it's not inconsiderable. Various colors too in this in this environment will give you the opportunity to play multiple lands a turn. Risen Riptide is next, two and a blue for a zero five elemental. Whenever you cast a kicked spell, Risen Riptide has base power and toughness five five until end of turn. I have not played this stack yet. Yeah, it's a common. Yep, Adam and I played Zendikar Draft on Magic Online 
yesterday on stream because Arena's servers were buckling under the pressure of hype. And we had a turn where our opponent attacked in with Akali and some other 3-3. And we cast a kicked into the Royal, bouncing the other 3-3, drawing a card off the into the Royal kick, and then blocking Akali with Risen Riptide. And that was a good turn. Mm, yeah. yeah, that feels really good. Like, kicking into the Royal feels good in a normal game. <laughs> yeah. But also having it be like plus 5, plus 0 oh to something. Yeah, all right. Then when they, they let you lock in blocks, you thought, ah, everything in my life has led up to this moment. <laughs> I mean, this will work well in sort of Simic kick spells because there's a lot of synergy there. But for us, it was in just red-blue spells. We had the Umara Mystic, which is like a wee Dragonauts that triggers off instants and sorceries, but also wizards. Yeah, that those two extra words are real important to the wizard stack. Like I remember, you know, forcing wizards quite a lot in Dominaria and sometimes it just didn't work because the ratios were off, but getting the buff... Or you just draw the wrong half, right? Yeah, draw the wrong half of your deck, but like the getting the, the buff off wizard creatures, very elegant solution to that problem. I like it a lot. Yeah, the vast majority of our deck actually pumped the mystics, but being able to sit back on Risen Riptide, because the nice thing about Risen Riptide is you always block, right? Like they attack with a 3-3 and you always block. And so they're not necessarily always expecting you to actually have instant speed kick. And then one of these turns, you do it and you just get to eat their creature basically for free. There's a blue common that's like a slightly worse in some situations dive down because it's one blue mana for plus O plus three and then kick to get the hex proof. But the kick is only one. So it's really cheap. Right, right. Oh, oh, I forget the name of it, and it's not in the deck that I have open. But yeah, I know the one you mean. Yeah. Anyway, next. Shield spell. Sorry. Shell shell shield. Ah, yes, shell shield. That's hard. Why is that so hard to say? <laughs> Anyways, shell shield. Shell shield. And you've described it already. Yeah. Yeah. Next is Nahiri's Binding. One white white for an enchantment. Enchant creature or planeswalker. And it can't attack or block or have its activated abilities be activated. I said that in a weird way, but you get the idea. Anyway, yes, please. Arrest for Planeswalkers also. Sounds great. Solid mm. card. A+. plus. Tazim Royal Mage. It's a 2-1 Merfolk Wizard for one and a blue. And you can kick it for four generic mana. And if you do that, you get an instant or sorcery back from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah. Seems fine. Yeah. 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 I mean, Lo getting it into the Royal back. Feels yeah. good. Earlier on, you get wizard value, and then a piker. It's a piker, and then later you get. It's like uh, what's the? There's like a two-two for five that was just in a core set that did this sort of archaeomancer kind of ability. Archaeomancer's been a bunch of different cards. So like the very first archaeomancer I think was actually is it not guild mage, but another kind of is it card. And before that, there had been a five drop that did a scrivener yeah so scrivener i was just gonna mention like there was a five drop in red and a five drop in blue and each one could get back one type but not both and then they gave they made one that was a five mana two two for a red a blue and three generic in like guild packed like the first set where the is it guild was shown off and then right. after that they made our Mancer and mnemonic wall they're like well okay this this ability doesn't need to be so hard to get and now they've got so much different flexible options. I believe recently the ability was stapled to a 3-3 prowess for five. I can't remember which set that was, possibly M21. Yeah, it was in core. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. yeah, Ben Wheeler 
dumpstered us in the uh, Build-A-Box Commander game with that and Sublime Epiphany. Right? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's gross. It was like the uh, the old Eternal Mystic. The hard lock. Yeah, yeah. My medium hard lock here with just casting the spell every turn. Brutal. But yeah, that one, like, you know, it's funny to see the track of like the sort of kind of irrelevant power creep, but, you know, we used to have a 2-2 two, two for 5, and now we have a 3-3 three, three prowess for the same mana, so... Next, we have Gnarled Colony. I like this because this we talked a couple episodes ago about how it felt from the initial impressions, it felt like it looked like Zendikar Rising was meant to sort of feel more like the sequel that people wanted from Zendikar more than Battle for Zendikar ended up being. And... The first block had Gnarled Pack, which I was actually from World Wake because it had multi-kicker, but but they had the Gnarled Pack. And then in Battle for Zendikar, there was just the Aura Gnarled, which didn't mechanically have the same kind of feel, but Gnarled Colony sure does. It's one and a green for a 2-2 beast, but you can kick it for two and a green. And if you kick it, it has two plus and plus one counters. So it's a 2-2 for two or a 4-4 four, four for five. And also says each creature you control with a plus one plus one counter on it has trample. The like, yeah. the ability lords keep creeping lower and lower in uh, rarity. Hey, I, I mean, this used to always be something that you would see on on an uncommon and like, I want to say earlier in Magic's history, if it if any of your cards said like each other creature you control, boom, rare right away. Mm. Like each creature, each other zombie you control gains one black regenerates. Like okay, cool, thanks. It's like oh, this is my rare. Okay. And now it's like Gnarled Colony, you know, just a common and like, you know, perfectly good value. You get out of your bear if you already have plus and plus one counters and need to attack. Yeah. Like were, were the the Dark Ascension Lords kind of the first uncommon versions of those that we saw? Yeah, I think so. Because I can remember those selling like hotcakes. Like those. Oh, yeah. uh, like Drog Skull Captain and, and stuff yeah. like that? Yeah. And Stromkirk Captain and Immerwolf. They all they all felt like rares at the time. I remember it was like, oh, this is like the kind of thing you usually see in a rare slot, but mm. it's just not common. So those were those were good. Next is disenchant because sometimes you just need a disenchant. It's one in a white for an instant, destroy target artifact or enchantment. Yep, yep, sure is. Malakir Blood Priest is next, and I would swear that they'd already printed a card named Malakir Blood Priest, but they haven't. <laughs> this is one in a black for a 2-1 Vampire Cleric, and when it enters the battlefield, each opponent loses X life, and you gain X life where X is the number of creatures in your party. This one's not bad. No, it's not. I've found... Did some things to the PPR, right? Yeah, I've found getting a party together is, like, not that much of a challenge by which i mean like getting all four that's certainly less likely but you can you like two is pretty easily doable and then you just sort of get medium incremental value from a bunch of cards yeah like i i don't hate this guy on two like viashino pyromancer is still just a regularly played card in mono red aggro historic like historic burn and what and was like just played all the way through uh, it's standard environment. And if this just said two on it, you have a slightly better Vyashino Power Monster. And albeit it doesn't turn on your Wizards Retort, but, you know, this guy can say three or four sometimes. So. And you know what's going to help you get to that party is our next card, the Stonework Pack Beast, which I kind of like this as a throwback to Stonework Puma, which was a colorless artifact creature 
that was an ally that helped the original Zendikar block helped you like hit your critical mass of allies. But this is, I think, because that was a two, two for three, I want to say. And this is just a piker. This is a two, one for two colorless, but it's also a cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard. Oh, nice. It's kind of like the taking the place of the generic ally. Yeah. That's cute. That's a cool throwback sort of sideways. It also has the bad mana fixing from Prismite. So two mana to add any one mana of any color. Good for you, Prismite. You grew up and had another ability that people are going to care about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the, this guy's just a party crowd pleaser, right? Yeah. Hey, don't worry, everyone. I've got levels in it. <laughs> hey, the pack beast is here. All right, let's have snacks. <laughs> Next is Vanquish the Weak. Two and a black for an instant. Destroy a target creature with power three or less. That's a reprint, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's been reprinted a couple times. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Next is Molten Blast. It's two and a red for an instant. Choose one. Molten Blast deals two damage to target creature or planeswalker or destroy target artifact. They're finally going to get me to main board red artifact destruction. Yeah, like bad abrade, I guess. This is what life is. Sometimes you get the power creep and sometimes the power creeps you. Wait, (laughs) does that even make sense? I mean, this is a common and it can hit a planeswalker, I guess. But I guess otherwise otherwise hard to agree with you, Cameron. (laughs) Like, I guess sometimes you pay three for shock. Yeah. The red burn spells in this set are all kind of restrictive. Like there's Mm. the Molten Blast. There's the, I don't remember the name of it, but it's one in a red to deal four damage to a blocking creature, which is interesting to see some of that sort of combat restriction that's often in white creep into red. And then Royal Eruption, which is a sorcery speed lightning strike, but you can kick it for five to make it a seven mana lava axe. Yeah, I'm not on board with the red burn spells in this set, but... But that's good because... So much of this set is about creatures, and if the red burn spells were too good, you wouldn't get to do stuff. <laughs> Very true. Red has some other things going on in this set, I think, that, that aim to redeem it. Yeah. And, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Next is our first uncommon, Thwart the Grave. I said that kind of weird. Thwart. 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 For now, I'm just looking at the word, and I'm like... It's like this... a legendary creature. It's like uh, the Grave Thwart. <laughs> keeper of the bridge you know thwart comma the grave mm-hmm. i am thwart the grave thwart yeah. boggart ante <laughs> yeah exactly creature oof yeah <laughs> okay four black black for a sorcery but it costs one less to cast for each creature in your party so i would say this is consistently gonna be like five mana generally speaking i think that certainly in black you tend to have at least one party creature in play but maybe you don't and it costs six return target creature card and up to one cleric rogue warrior or wizard from your graveyard to the battlefield love it love it i've been playing this in my sealed pools on arena and uh, you know it's not just the art shout out to wiley burt beckert yeah, yeah well, for great art great art but love this card especially i did not read the and the first time i read this yeah. yeah. And there's nothing saying that first creature can't also be one of those things. Yeah, like returning a couple of Malakir blood priests to this Ooh. can uh, can end a conversation pretty quickly. 
I hadn't thought of that. That's good. Yeah. Like it, it's just a good card. I like it a lot. Speaking of potential conversation enders, we have allied assault two and a white for an instant up to two target creatures. Each get plus X plus X until end of turn where X is the number of creatures in your party. Yeah. I like this one too. Yeah. I found this to be pretty successful in a primarily white party down kind of deck. You probably only want one in your deck. Yeah, I agree with that. They can end games for sure. Next is Skyclave Cleric. So it's one in a white for a 1-3 core cleric. When it enters the battlefield, you gain two life, which is pretty unexciting. It is a double-faced modal card, and the back is the Skyclave Basilica, which enters tapped and taps for white. So I've been enjoying these modal cards in my sealed pool. I've So apart from the, the pre-pre-release, I've played two sealed events on Arena, and I think LSV figures that the modal DFCs count as like two thirds of a land. So if I have two, I go down a land and I had instances where it's like, here's your opening hand. You have a planes and these two DFCs and a bunch of white spells because both my DFCs in that game were white. And I'm like, yeah, great. That's a keep. I don't need these spells right now. Now, Funnily enough, that deck also had two of, I want to say it's the Tazim Raptor, which is a 2-2 for two and a white. So it's just a Windrake because it has flying. But when it ETBs, you may return a land you control to your hand. So late in the game, I was like, cool, I'll play this Windrake and then I will return this land to my hand and now it's a spell. And it, it was like the protection from like Sajiri seclusion or whatever it's called and so it's like sure my opponent now knows i have this so it's not gonna be like a surprise but it means that like later in the game i get to actually use it as a spell it's kind of cool yeah no i i really like those bounce bounce a land cards for exactly that reason now skyclave cleric as a creature is like pretty damn unexciting (laughs) Hmm. if you really need clerics and there is a cleric deck but if you really need clerics i guess you have this but I mean, I guess the advantage to taking this is that you just get to have more spells, right? If you just have like a whole ton of the modal cards, then it's like you can just play fewer land. Yeah, and like playing a Skyclave Cleric into a a Cleric of Life life Spawn, the Orzhov Uncommon, you know, it's not the worst feeling in the world, right? Like if you're on the Cleric deck, fine, this guy is better than a vanilla Cleric. Yeah. It will uh, do a thing. Our land is a lovely looking forest and we have a checklist card for the modal DFCs and our rare is in fact a mythic that I'm going to need a moment to figure out the wording. So it's Scourge of the Skyclaves, one in a black for a star star demon. When you cast this spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half their life rounded up. The kicker is four and a black. So that's five black black. To cast this kicked. Scourge of the Sky Clave's power and toughness are each equal to 20 minus the highest life total among players. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, what was this guy called? Uh, life Shadow? Death Shadow. Death Shadow, but with a play, playable in Commander motto, right? Like, now playable in Commander with that kicker. The other so the the kicker is real, I think, in Commander. The other exciting thing you can do in Commander is if you have Nethroy 
as your general, or you just have Nethroy, and then you get the mutate trigger off Nethroy, this ability is characteristic to finding, so it works in the graveyard, and it goes into the negatives in the graveyard. So then you add up to 10, and you can just get like a big pile of creatures back from your graveyard with Nethroy, because Nethroy wants you to have 10 power worth of creatures, I think. Hopefully I'm hopefully I'm quoting this right. There's really? some there's some sort of con. I might I might have the card wrong, but there there's a way to you use Scourge of the Skyclaves to pull off like this big, you know, mass reanimate out of your own yard. Wait, so it will actually count. It will give you bonus Nethroid. Yeah, value. so negative numbers, yeah, negative numbers do actually happen in magic. It's just that people tend to think that like things round up to 0 because creatures don't deal negative damage. So like most of the right. time that you have a negative number, it is a creature's power or toughness. And like you never think about a negative toughness because you just put that creature in the graveyard the next time you get priority. And that's correct. You do that as soon as it's zero or less. But if something needed to care about it, it does see like, oh yeah, that creature has negative four power, right? Like if you're trying to save your creature oh. with a giant growth, you know, you, you can't, it's not just any amount of toughness because if it gets minus four, minus four from a grasp of darkness and it was a one, one, you know that a giant growth won't save it. Right. There's no time to sneak in there. But anyway, so, so Scourge of the Skyclaves, because it's characteristic defining, the, the star star, the creature actually does have that. Whatever the number is, like inside of your library, I think even. That is kind of wild. Wow. Yeah, yeah, I like that a lot. So cool rare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that's the pack. So, I mean, we sort of gone into it a little bit, but, you know, how have you found the the format so far from what you've played? I found it very fast sometimes like the skyclave geopede is oh that thing hits hard right like plated geopede was an all-star from the original origin original 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 zendikar zen oh brain zendikar come back to me baby (laughs) (laughs) you could take that all again if you want no no jordan leave this in this is fine (laughs) yeah Skyclave Geopede is just a house at three in the red deck. It comes down and starts hammering you for five, right? Especially with the equipment, the flying equipment, the kite. Oh yeah, the new kite sail that gives you the first equip for free? Yeah, when that comes down on turn one, you are probably in for a short game one way or another. Yeah, I remember comfortably paying two mana and two to equip for, I believe it was just called kite sail back in Worldwake. And that was because oftentimes games would get pretty mucked up on the ground and flying was sort of a rare commodity. But this one just gives you that first equip for free. It's so much less mana. Yeah, and like at, the skies here are not terribly crowded. The The blue-black deck likes having its little homies in the sky, but they are small. And if the landfall deck starts growing wings, you're in trouble. You're in deep trouble. Right. Like when the when the counter bearing creatures start flying, no, don't like it. Don't care for it one little bit. Generally speaking, I've found the counter creatures, of which there are many, very strong. The two one cat with trample, the two three I think it might also be a cat in white. It's also a cat with vigilance. Yeah, yeah with vigilance. Even the there's a one one. It's like a it's a it's a dumb little idiot baby bird. <laughs> it's a one one <laughs> for one and a white, 
and landfall puts a counter on it and it gains flying until end of turn that thing gets out of hand oh that's wild yeah yeah well especially with as we established earlier gnarled colony at common giving things with plus one plus one counters trample right like it doesn't need to be kicked to have that ability mm-hmm. the yeah the the counter deck feels very real and uh, yeah like my my current sealed deck in in on arena right now is the rogue deck and i have had some real nail biters with this one notably a mirror match where both players went turn one ruin grab oh no that was oof yeah that was a squeaker which i emerged victorious from i would like to point out but congratulations uh, yeah thank you thank you that was man the rogue deck is amazing and i hate it <laughs> like it's so yeah. good it, it works really well and there's so much synergy and the synergy is really good and it all just like works together really really well and it just t- tilts me off my chair yeah like uh if you get the uncommon the, the soaring thought thief that that card is real the deck comes together and it can close out games pretty quickly and then it also has the backup mill plan usually Right, like you can't always guarantee a ruin crab, but also at uncommon, there's Merfolk Wind Robber that mills a card whenever it attacks, or sorry, no, not when it attacks, when it deals damage. So it actually has to connect, but it has flying, and the skies can be pretty open. Yeah, I had an opponent um, go turn one. The I think it's that one you're talking about, the flying man. It's the the one one for what for a blue with flying mm-hmm. that when it hits you, you mill one. Yes, and then turn two, they played the blue black one three Uh oh so they attacked milled me for two hit me milled me for one and then next turn they attacked with both of them it was just like i'm just sitting there watching all of my cards go flying into the bin yeah and also your life totals going down right like it's it's a very proactive deck that attacks across multiple axes Mm -hmm. both of which win the game so i feel it's kind of interesting also, the blue-red deck, the wizard deck, really impresses me. I know I mentioned this earlier, but the addition of or wizard to the instant or sorcery buff clause on those cards has really increased the power level across the deck. Because, as Nelson mentioned earlier, in Dominaria, the wizard deck had the problem where you could just draw the wrong half of your deck, right? Where all you're doing is kind of like playing ops that are supposed to be giant growths and never finding your Adelies, Right? Now you can cut a lot of like the marginal instance or sorceries that you were playing to make your creatures good and just play more decent creatures. In the pre-pre-release, I was on the warrior deck, and that is just another good, aggressive Boros stack, right? The equipment in this set typically attaches when it hits the battlefield, so you need to take way fewer turns off uh, suiting up your, your homies, and that just contributes to this very like aggressive lean feel to this environment that i like quite a lot did you have an akiri in your pre-release deck as well i did so they were all drawing cards and and you can kind of protect them right yes yeah yeah you can give them indestructible by unequipping things interestingly enough the warrior deck felt like the old dominaria wizard deck on occasion because sometimes you drew all of your equipment or sometimes you didn't see your equipment at all luckily These are just aggressive Boros 
warrior cards anyways that rumble quite happily whether or not they have a, a trusty machete analog to to strap on we didn't win every game that we played but the deck that adam and i drafted with the two umara mystics which granted the second one came by very late we basically first picked one and we're just like we're forcing is it let's go and that deck was a lot of fun there's like there's a lot of really entertaining wizard synergies with that deck and like you get the wizard synergies and you get some amount of when you whenever you kick a card synergies and that was that was super fun though i imagine it's going to be one of the harder ones to put together since it's once again it's one of those things where it's like all the cards that go into that deck are just good generally elsewhere and so everyone's going to take them like there's a um it's a two two flyer for two and a blue that whenever you cast an instant sorcery or wizard you get to loot Oh. Yeah, it's just called Wind Rider Wizard, which kind of sounds like its name is Flying Wizard. <laughs> yeah. And its its occupation is Flying Wizard. <laughs> and they had, this was our opponent at one point, had that card and then another card that whenever you cast a kicked spell, you get to loot. And so when they cast a kicked, I can't remember what the spell is, but it's the Divination so it's two and a blue for draw two cards, and then you can kick it for another two and a blue to draw oh, oh. a third card. Um, it is, I am, I have it in my pool. I'm just looking for it right now. Field research? Yes. Thank yes. You. So when they cast a kicked field research, they got to loot because it was a kicked spell, and then loot because it was a sorcery, and then draw three cards. Sounds like fun. I'm sure it was for them. Would you rather win the game or do this? Like if you had to choose, right? You know, and then you just see control players, the meme with all the Uno cards, right? Jokes on you, Nelson. They got to do both. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. And like that feels like a real good time for the Izzet deck because I want to say that Wizards getting what they want in the worst possible way feels correct when they run into the Demir Mill deck. Right, like right. I feel a Demir player seeing someone mill twice and then draw three cards is like, oh, please do that again, right? Yeah, just go ahead and burn through six of your cards this turn. I'll wait, <laughs> and then I'm just going to put this island into play. Mill three, muhuha, decent. Good old Ruin Crab. Hedron Cat Crab still just winning games sometimes on Zendikar. I like it when there's an, an aggro deck that's solid and or like it feels like a fairly aggressive format and, you know, attacking with creatures is good. Like that magic, sh- I think limited should always feel like that, but particularly formats where it seems like, oh yeah, landfall, plus one, plus one counters and like various, lots of attacking stuff. But then there's a good enough mill deck that that's also a factor. So you have to kind of like, you know, keep that in mind or be aware of it that you might want to pivot into it when you're drafting if it turns out your neighbor is fighting over the equipment with you or whatever so it's it's cool to see a mill deck that's in like a good spot like that i've i've basically i think i've drafted less since that that whole throne of eldraine arena debacle i mean partly it's the pandemic and i i prefer drafting in paper but yeah it's like the mill deck being in the right spot is good when it when everyone's just fighting for the mill deck and the mill deck is on top you know the 
that that really kind of crushes the format where you're like, oh, this isn't this clearly isn't what everyone had in mind, and I'm not always seeing how the creatures interact. So I do want Yeah, that. like yeah. yeah, either you get half of it and it does nothing, or you're up against it and you get to watch all of your good cards go away. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Instead of being able to play with them. Yeah, I, re I really like it when drafting mill is fun and not like the competitive thing to do and like where, where you're supposed to be. Yeah. How about you, Graham? Favorite memories from the pre-release? I had one game where my deck really cooked off, but apart from that, my pre-release for like my games was, you know, maybe not my finest outing, but I still had fun. Obviously, I've been enjoying it more playing since then have any correct fixing but i wonder if you if you could go back and do it again would you just stuff some islands in there and play that zareth zareth san the trickster that you opened oh probably okay fair enough good just for just for fun sure has anyone encountered this card in any of their games otherwise like on online yes but not not, not doing the thing my opponent oh, okay yeah my opponent just cast one and then i immediately sent it on a journey to the unknown by the way journey to the unknown is great yeah that makes sense yeah i had a black white sort of mostly life gain but generally speaking just sort of cleric focused party deck that was obviously very different from the one at the pre-release i didn't have the or the pre-pre-release i didn't have the legendary or even the uncommon it was just sort of cards that do things and yeah it was fun i think i ended up with uh, what can you go to? You can you can go to seven wins. I think I ended up five wins with it, and yeah, it did it did some cool stuff. I mean, I already talked about the fun line of play with using Tazim Raptor to bounce your land spells. I did get the board wipe, which I never ended up casting because it's eight mana. Planar Kipling is that it? Kind of effect. It's like that. It, I don't remember what it's called, but yeah, it is. Undo inversion. Yeah, it's planar cleansing. It's just destroy all non-land permanents for two more mana. Or it's a, mm -hmm. it's a sweet pay three life points, right? Oh no, it's the tapped one. Okay. Yeah, which is awkward yeah. when you are playing two copies of Journey into the Unknown, and it's like, but if I kill the Journeys, then they get their creatures back. Right. Although, I did find out a fun thing where. My opponent plays this big scary creature and I top deck Journey into the Unknown and I go, ha ha, and I cast it and it just goes plunk onto the battlefield and my turn passes. And I'm like, wait, what? What what just happened? I didn't get to pick one of their creatures. What's going on? So the creature that they played was, is it Ashaya or Ayasha? Uh, Ashaya, I think. Uh... Oh, Shia, the world, the Awoken World? Or yeah, whatever. so Ashaya, Soul of the Wild. Two green green for a star star, legendary creature elemental. Ashaya, Soul of the Wild's power and toughness are each equal to the number of lands you control. So it was a 9-9 nine, nine at that time. Non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. Oh, no. And Journey to the Unknown says non-land. Oh no. Poor Graham. <laughs> so I played oh, that it. that sucks. Yeah. So I played it and Arena was like, yeah, you can play that. You know, you can't target anything, but you can play it. And I was just like, oh no. Yeah. The the thing where you like play the card and your opponents like resolves and you put it on the field and they're like, judge. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, wait, wait, what's going on? As it happens, I won that game because 
I just had a, I'd been beating them down and I had a ton of creatures and I was also able to play Null Priest of Oblivion, which I love. So it's a two, one for one and a black. Kathleen had this in her pre-release pool. Oh yeah, that's right. This, this card's sweet. It's got Menace and Lifelink. So like just, just that two, one Menace Lifelink for two mana. Great. I'm in. Sold. Awesome. But it has Kicker for three and a black. So for four black, black, you also get to just reanimate a creature so it's it's actually it's funny it's the same price as thwart thwart the grave yeah with, with no mm. discount right yeah but it just means that one of those creatures is a 2-1 lifelink menace and the other creature is the best creature in your graveyard so i was able to just basically go wide and i had been bolstering my life total the whole time so when my opponent was like attack you with a shia for nine i go all right well take it and i go to 16 slam back with all my little guys and you know they eat one or two of them but it doesn't really matter because it takes them down the rest of the way so that worked out all right overall though i'm just i'm very pleased with this set so far it feels a lot like uh Amonkhet remastered to me really where all of the cards just kind of like fire mm-hmm. right like there are not great cards to find in your sealed pool or your draft pool but for the most part, the card quality feels relatively high, and most of the cards feel like they want to work in the deck that they go in, right? You can wind up in problem with problems where you will have cards that don't go in your deck, right? Yeah. The, I feel that that is the way that the draft fails, is when you wind up in a, a across a couple of different decks, not when you don't pick up the good cards for your deck. That little mouse you had, the Canyon Jerboa? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's just such a good boy. Jerbo is great. If if that card was printed on Battle for Zendikar, it would have cost five. Yeah, I've played two decks with that card, and that little mouse is going to go the distance. I also had this... Oh, so, brief aside, I've been misspeaking, and it's Journey to Oblivion is the new... is the exile card I was talking about. I think I was saying Journey to the Unknown, and it's Journey to Oblivion. How dare you? But I know. But I also had, in this life gain deck, I had... Angel of Destiny, which is an absolutely goofy card. So three white, white for a two, six, which is also just strange. Flying double strike. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each gain that much life. At the beginning of your end step, if you have at least 15 life more than your starting life total, each player that Angel of Destiny attacked this turn loses the game. Huh. So yeah, just by it's herself. Yes, it's very weird. So just by herself, she hits for like hits them for a total of four and it does the damage. So like what happens is their life total doesn't change because it does the damage, but then they gain the life back. You just gain the life. <laughs> and then you can't just play the angel if you already have more than 35 life past the turn and win because you have to attack with it and then the angel has to live through combat for the end step trigger to hit but it's just like what a what an unusual way to sort of make that work and it i got to do it and let me tell you it's fun but it's just like this is so odd yeah i, I kind of like how you you only have to attack with this angel but it does have to be alive at the end step right it's not yeah a delayed trigger ability it's just a trigger that happens in the end step so you know every single one of those turns getting yourself up to 35 life or whatever you, you know you have to risk that angel so that's kind of fun it's sort of the equivalent of the like felidar 
Sovereign from the originals. And I think Felder Sovereign was in both the last two Zendikar sets. So it's like there, there's there been a like white mythic rares on Zendikar that give you an alternate win con based on life theme that this is continuing. But this one is like, it definitely, you have to read this card two or three times before it starts to sink in, right? Can we talk about Scale the Heights briefly? This was a card that Adam played a bunch, and I think maybe some other people had it in their deck at the PPR that I was just very impressed with every time it, it came up. And Yeah, I uh, love Scale the Heights. Yeah. It's, it, finally, a good green card. <laughs> yeah, Cam was in our chat yesterday. Uh, we drafted it yesterday, and Cam was in our chat saying, oh, they've, they've finally, after 20 years, 25 <laughs> years or whatever, they've printed a good green common. So two generic. It's, it's cryptic command. Yeah, pretty much. Two generic and one green, three mana for a sorcery that says, put a plus one plus one counter on up to one target creature. So you can cast it if you don't have creatures. You gain two life. You may play an additional land this turn and draw a card. So like on the outside, it's just explore, but for one more mana and for that one more mana, you get a plus one plus one counter and two life. But that turns out to be pretty great. Like I think maybe this card really is going to shine limited. I don't know if it's going to end up being as good and constructed because you'd rather just be doing one or two of those things better, you know, rather than yeah. doing all of them and doing all of them. But like the fact that you get to do all of them is so great for limited. Yeah. Like it, it works well with all of the green strategies in the set. Yeah. Right. It does counters. It'll do landfall. And if it doesn't do either of those things for you, then it draws you into something that hopefully will. Also like a little bit of random life gain tends to be good and limited. Cause like, Usually you're sort of trying to build a position where you have an alpha strike or you're just trying to keep their alpha strike in check or maybe trick them into alpha striking and you don't die and then you alpha strike back, you know? So big fan of this card. Yeah, like I, one of my sealed pools on Arena had some decent green, but I didn't wind up running green because I didn't have any scale the heights. Huh. Right, like it was yeah. it was marginal. I could have gone like green splash. But no scale the heights was like, mm, is it this worth is gonna, it though? It's gonna feel wrong. Yeah, I don't want to have to go through this. Yeah. Was there anything else we wanted to talk about specifically, or is it just it's just our initial impressions? I think I've, I've shared mine already. Sort of. I don't know. I was really happy that we got to uh, have guests back on the PPR. That was mm -hmm. great. Yes, it was fun that... getting to kind of hang out with Maria and Megan again. Yeah, that was lots of fun. But yeah, no. Overall, you know, it's only been out for a day. But I'm for Zendikar Reborn? Rising. Rising. <laughs> rising. Zendikar. Zendikar Rising. No, so am I. I'm really into it. And I'm impressed, honestly, with how it feels so far. I think it feels really fun and exciting. And I think they've nailed the tone of the plane. And the cards are, to me anyway, they are powerful without being absolutely busted. And because there was some concern that this was a quote power down set this was the set that was next to come out after play design or r&d in general realized that there had been too many powerful sets or something i'm not entirely sure what how this all sort of shook out time wise but people were like you know oh is this going to be the next mercadian masks and uh, uh no it's not this is sweet it's been great for what little i have played of it and I, I think it's awesome, and I, I'm glad that it doesn't seem initially to have any stonking mythic that's going to be a huge problem in Standard, and it's actually just lots of fun 
to play. At least it's been fun to play in sealed. Only done one draft. Looking forward to doing more drafting. I feel like the implications in constructed of the double face land cards is like pretty intense. And if the set doesn't really leave you with any other impressions, it's like, oh, well, you don't all you don't always have to play lands anymore. Wall like that. That's that's enough for one set to do. I think. Yeah, exactly. It's like I, I feel cutting land pools down to ten. Yeah, and like, actual like, cards that just say land on only one side. Yeah, like how much more do you want from a set? <laughs> yeah. I look forward to someone, you know, probably not in standard, probably in one of the older formats, but I look forward to someone making a deck that's quite good with no actual lands, like le- modal DFCs, but no actual land lands. I can't wait to see how that shakes out because it's bound to happen. Yeah, you can just Google modern Charbelcher right now if you want to, and you can see that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm going to feel like a sucker playing actual land cards from now on. Just play the ones that have a different land on the back, then you're good. Is this is this actually... Oh yeah, it's already a thing. Like, has this just been like everything a Charbelcher player has ever wanted to see? Well, I think it just like changes the plan for Charbelcher, and it gives you gives you an option to play Charbelcher in Modern, whereas usually you only got to play Charbelcher in Legacy, where you have access to like Land Grant and some more rituals and like Lotus Petal. But now you can play it in Modern, and like the plan is a little bit different, but still a pretty cool deck. And yeah, no lands that are just lands. Well, cool. Yeah. Well, then I guess that will do it for this episode of Tap Tap Concede. So a reminder that tap tap conceit is brought to you by card kingdom do check out cardkingdomcom lrr for all of your card needs they're they're shipping they're back in the they're all like back up to speed doing their amazing work so do uh do check them out and of course thank you to you and your kind support of our patreon at patreon.com slash loading ready run so this has been myself graham and nelson Wash your hands. And Cameron. Sorry, what? (laughs) James was running the card reader. Shoutouts to Jordan Hatton for doing the audio editing on these now. And Heather does podcast admin for us. And we will talk to you next time on Tap Tap and See. Bye, everybody. 